0: Oh, there it is. Uh, there's at least
1: a dad joke for the, <laughs>
2: uh, <probably laughs> for the people. <laughs> there's our tie-in with families and kids. <laughs> yep. And on that, I finally say, welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I am your host this week, Matt Moore, and with me I have Mr. Eric. Hi. Mr. Steve, from his remote location. Hello.
0: And Mr. Hawk. Happy Canada Day, you poser. Yeah.
2: Yes, happy Canada Day. Yes, it is, in fact, Canada Day for all of our Canadian listeners and for those Americans that are listening. This is like the 4th of July, but far more subdued.
1: Yeah, less Trump.
2: No yeah. Hey now. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing to say to defend that one. Just yeah, There's no Trump. We have, we have <laughs> it Trudeau. It is technically true. Yeah. We yeah. just have Trudeau, which love him or hate him, he's who we got. So, X Men. So, yeah. Sorry, as I drink coffee while everyone's commenting on politics. So, this week, uh, friends and listeners, we are going to be taking a deep dive into the X Men cinematic franchise, uh, the the baby that Fox had that Marvel has finally been able to recover and hopefully redeem. Uh, so, we're gonna do a quick little uh, a little cap over of the overarching core, and I refer to them as the core films because I'm not going to be discussing things like the Deadpool franchise or the Wolverine movies because they were sort of spin-offs of the main continuity. We're going to deal just with the seven core X-Men films that have been made, sort of talking a little bit about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we really, 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 really didn't like. Uh, and now that Marvel has successfully acquired the, the property back um, and has, has been openly stated that All X-Men films from now on will be dealt through Marvel Cinematic. You know, what we might like to see moving forward into the future with this franchise. Maybe even do some dream casting if we really, really feel ambitious. So to start, I'll do a quick... Kenner
3: Reeves! (laughs) Kenner Reeves plays everybody. Jean Grey, (laughs) Professor X, Wolverine.
2: Wolverine. Multiple man. Yeah. There we go. But we'll get to that. But first, (laughs) a quick recap of this franchise as I pull my notes up in front of me. Uh, the first X Men film was, was uh, oddly enough titled X Men. What? Uh, wow. Premiered July fourteenth two thousand, directed by Brian Singer, uh, which was followed, of course, in uh, two thousand and three on May second by X two or X Men two United, uh, depending on which title you wanted to go with. Also directed by Brian Singer, that movie, of course, based off the uh, the comic runs of Return of Weapon X and God Loves Man Kills, which. I have gone into great lengths on in past episodes here. Mm. And then we get to the end of what I perhaps wrongly referred to as the initial singer franchise, which was X-Men The Last Stand, which premiered May 26, Uh. 2006, directed by Brett Ratner. Uh,
1: You mean Brett and Ratner of Rush Hour fame?
2: And Red Dragon fame and, you know, other things that uh, we will not talk about. (laughs) <laughs> uh, as he had taken over from uh, Brian Singer who had left the project uh, to develop Superman Returns
0: uh-huh.
2: to marginal success uh, and also ironically Matthew Vaughn who had also been attached to the project had done most of the story treatment and the preliminary casting and then had left the project due to some familial reasons at the time but there was light there was light at the end of the tunnel of that horrendous film which was in June 3rd 2011 X-Men First Class premiered, which was directed by Matthew Vaughn, which was then, of course, followed by X-Men Days of Future Past, which premiered May 23rd, 2014, directed by Bryan Singer, based off the Days of Future Past run in the comics. This was then followed by X-Men Apocalypse on May 27th, 2016, also directed by Bryan Singer. And most recently, on June 7th, 2019, Dark Phoenix premiered, the the only film in the franchise to not have the word X-Men in its initial title. It was then retitled X-Men Dark Phoenix when people didn't realize it was an X-Men movie for some reason.
0: And it saved it.
2: Oh, it did. Yes, (laughs) that's what saved it.
0: Mm, it Um, Saved something.
2: (laughs) Dark Phoenix, of course, uh, written and directed by Simon Kinberg. So... After that little delve of history, that's why I said that I falsely mislabeled the original trilogy as the Singer trilogy, because I didn't realize how much Brian Singer had his influence on this entire run of films. He was also, the I should include, he was the producer on X-Men The Last Stand and the executive producer on X-Men First Class.
1: Yeah, but he was really only producer in name of X-Men The Last Stand. Like, he yeah. didn't really do anything, like... Yeah. Well, his original op- pl- yeah his original plans for X three and X four were a double feature,
0: mm-hmm. um, like a uh, one going into yeah, the other. it was supposed yeah.
1: to be uh, Phoenix into Dark Phoenix.
0: Yeah, so it was gonna Ooh, be a two parter. Uh, you know, intended, doing it yeah. properly.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> wanted to introduce
2: Emma Frost into the, yes. the Phoenix film, and show that she was doing a lot of the mind controlling nonsense, and then segue into Dark Phoenix. But
1: yeah, yeah. They and thought, we'd see no. our first Sentinels in X Men three. And then, you know, then be the, yeah. the the causeway of yeah. her turning bad, which
2: they did kind of tease in X three, although very briefly.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. But uh, so that's uh, that's a quick little history of this uh, this cinematic saga. Um, I, I I will. I think we'll start with what we thought was really good about this franchise. We can talk about specific moments for movies, casting choices. We'll, we'll reserve the things that we didn't necessarily like for after this. Let's lead with the positive and then dive into the long conversation of negative. In what my negative, opinion, anyways,
0: sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> and, and I'll get my three-page list of negative out, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, I'll I'll lead off with this just because you know I'm I'm hosting, so I have the privilege of that. If nothing else, this franchise is uh, responsible for introducing Hugh Jackman into the world as mm-hmm. Wolverine. Uh, ironically, Hugh Jackman was a last minute casting choice made in the original movie. He was actually cast I believe two weeks into pre-production
1: yeah wow he already
2: started work on the film and they still needed to find a Wolverine at the time well, and
1: they, they cast uh, Wolverine right they cast uh, Grace Scott yeah and then uh, he had to, he decided that uh, Mission Impossible Two was way more important than X oh. so he left the film and mm-hmm. they're like, oh well. Let's go with the Australian
2: uh, guy. What about that Aussie guy from Boy from Oz? He'll be good as Wolverine, right? Yeah, he likes to sing
1: and dance. Give him some claws. It's the same thing. uh, uh, You
2: know what? If if nothing else, that was one of the smartest decisions they made. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know, Hugh Jackman is now so intrinsically tied to that character.
1: And Doug Uh, Ray Scott is somewhere. Yeah. Doing stuff. I'm shook. In a van down by the river? <laughs> <laughs> Is he beside you, Steve?
3: <laughs> uh, I, I, I will neither
2: deny or... Uh, anyway, let's move <laughs> um, but I mean, as say what you will about the the, the, the entire series in this franchise. They, there were some very, very good things that did come out of it. It was arguably the first real series of films that brought the notion that comic book properties could be brought to a cinematic level, and people would pay money to see them. Love them or hate them, people would go and see them. And that you know got a lot of people's attention, which ultimately led us to Marvel deciding to branch into its own studio, and we've now seen the, the fruits of that labor. So I, I can't begrudge Fox for at least getting the ball rolling, albeit they kicked the ball a lot and nudged it off some cliffs, but they did get the ball rolling, and that turned into an avalanche of cinematic joy that resulted in everything we see today.
1: Yeah, like people say mm-hmm. that Blade started the comic book um, film thing, but not really, right? It was still firmly in something that people had seen before like vampires and whatnot. Um, X-Men was totally a comic book idea. Like the yeah. mutants and yeah, well, especially universe.
2: Blade, as much as it was a comic property, was not a well-known comic book property, so it mm-hmm. wasn't Whereas the X-Men, I mean, there was the very, very popular cartoon all through the 90s, which mm-hmm. people still remembered. So when they like, were going to do this live action, you know, people like especially of our generation were like, that's really cool because we've watched these <laughs> cartoons. We've read these comics. We know who these characters are. Let's see them live on screen.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Doug Ray Scott is in Batwoman. I just, I'm just i i on his IMDb page. Oh, good for
0: TV show. oh that's yeah. right. I good for about him, that. right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. He's
0: Batwoman. Man's got
1: to work. He's not
2: a he's not a bad actor. He's not the best, but he's not bad. He's he's working.
1: He's fine. He was good in Ever After. Anyway,
2: exactly.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I do agree. I think that X Men was the real tipping point because Spider Man came uh, after that, actually. And I think like Mm -hmm. the two, I think, inspired people to sort of believe that superhero movies could be a thing. Um, Because yeah, yeah, everyone likes to say Blade, but I do agree. I think Blade was. uh, you know, it was part of the vampire craze and it was more of a, an engine for Wesley Snipes more than anything else, you know? So absolutely, um, it, yeah, it's a cool movie, but, uh, and it is a comic book movie, but uh, not one that people recognize as a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, X-Men is really where it started.
0: Yeah. yeah. And X-Men had the more difficult task in that because there wasn't, you know, it was an ensemble cast and that, and it was nice that it was an ensemble comic and that. So it's like, it asked the audience to kind of, uh, not really focus on one character, even though it's sort of centralized around Wolverine at the time. But, you know, it, again, it had the most difficult task of bringing an ensemble, you know, comic book mm-hmm. cast to the cinematic cinema for the first time.
2: And doing the one thing that especially, you know, I, I know comic fans do, which was casting it in a way that wouldn't make make you lose your audience out of the gate. Because I remember mm-hmm. I remember first hearing about the franchise, and at the time, I'm sure every, everyone here can attest to me and my friends sat around going, you know who would be really cool if they cast this person in an X-Men movie?
1: Patrick Stewart.
2: Everyone, I think everyone <laughs> that grew up in the 90s <laughs> will agree that when you talked about, oh, they're doing a live-action X-Men, I'm like, cool, so they're going to get Patrick Stewart to play Professor X, because who else are they going to get?
1: I remember in the mid '90s, Wizard—was uh, it called Wizard World back then? I think yeah. It was called Wizard World still. And um, they had a big feature because I can't remember who had originally started talking about doing the the X-Men film. But anyway, um, they started casting, and they had it as the cover. I think it was like in '95. Yeah, and they had like this pre-Photoshop version of like Patrick Stewart as as uh, Professor X, and they had Arnie as. Colossus and Hmm. um, who did they have as Wolverine? It was someone very famous. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who. Oh, De Niro, I think. That doesn't sound <gasps> right. No, I, no, But it was no, someone no, like the fam- it was someone small, but like yeah. ragged I just can't remember who it was. But yeah. it was a
0: bunch of like famous actors. Like, oh yeah, you know, I could see most of those. I had always heard the name Glenn Danzig uh, bandied about for the role of Wolverine. Yeah,
2: yeah I would have. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have doubted it at the time. I would have been like, I don't know if that's the right choice, but I can see why they would make that choice, especially when you're looking at you know the mid to late '90s when they started rumbling about the film.
1: Yeah, um, I'm happy that one of my favorite X-Men got a proper portrayal on screen. Seeing Alan Cummings as Nightcrawler yes. was amazing, and so good. Uh, it's sad that he never continued on um, mm-hmm. issues with Brian Singer and the makeup and all of that. But um, mm-hmm. he was perfect. That yeah. X-Men Two is probably one of my favorite comic book movies. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I was, think I think they well did done. an amazing. Amazing job, that whole way through. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. no, I agree. The the, fir- the first two X-Men movies, you know, for, for what they were, were really well-put-together films, and they were able to really capture a lot of the, not just, like, the action and the heroics of the team, but also a lot of the interplay that happened between the characters, mm-hmm. which was always a big thing that, you know, they, they especially the third movie was criticized for, was kind of ignoring the relationships in lieu of action, which can happen a lot in these films.
0: Yes, agreed. Yeah, well, they seem to focus on the one relationship and that, yes. uh, you know, the one thing they'd already played out through the first two movies and that, and that was Wolverine and Jean Grey and that mm-hmm. and, it, you know, the love, was, the love that they it had. It was sort of
1: weird because it was never really a triangle in the movie. It no. sort of seemed like Scott was always on the side. Like, I love James uh, Marsters. James Marston? No, that's not right. Marsden. Um, But, like, he was not a strong Cyclops. I love Cyclops no. too. Yeah, I think he's a great character. Especially in Joss Whedon's run, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. His his film portrayal was sort of
0: weak. No, well, yeah, they kind of they kind of pushed him into the background in that, and like in the comics, he was a leader.
2: Yeah, and that's. I mean, I found that even with the the newer run, like the first class run, that was the same. I found the same thing happened where Cyclops is there, but he's not. He's not a as strong character. He's kind of like, yeah. he's, he's the guy with the eye lasers, but he doesn't really do anything that makes <laughs> you want to understand yeah. why anyone would follow him.
1: But in the new ones, mm-hmm. he's hardly like we don't know him. Like he showed exactly. up sort of in the last one. Like, yeah. The last one, yeah. Apocalypse. The last two Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. And then Dark Phoenix, Ooh. he was just sort of there to be like, Gene, stop.
2: Yeah. Stop,
3: Gene.
1: It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Don't mm-hmm. don't forget us, Gene. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my God. Uh, but,
3: uh, uh, I found that list. Sorry, I don't want to take us off track, but um that wizards article. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's perfect. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll just go through real fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
3: yeah, so you're right. Uh they did want uh a Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh and so oh wait, wait, wait. Was, wait. I
1: Before I, I say correct. it, I think Storm was um what's her name? Um Angela Bassett,
3: right? No. Oh on the list. Um ah. Number two was uh, Michael Dorn as Bishop. Oh, that yep. awesome. oh yeah, that would have been good. That would have been really cool. Ooh, just, uh, to,
1: just cast all of them. Yeah, Star know. Trek. Yes. And you know what? There's still <laughs> time. There's still
3: time for him. Yes. To mm. yes. So Michael Bean as Cyclops. Okay.
0: Oh, um, uh, sorry. Remind me who Michael Bean was.
3: Uh, he was uh, the uh, the guy in uh, Alien. Uh,
0: he was um, Hicks. Oh, Michael Bean. Yeah, I thought it was Michael Bane.
3: Michael Bane. Sorry. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Iman as Storm. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do remember that. I can I'm Iman, Iman. Yeah. yeah. I'm always always yeah. bad with names. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme as Gambit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm.
3: Nicole Kidman as Jean Grey. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have liked that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, mid to late 90s. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Pamka Johnson, of course, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tia Carrera as Psylocke. Now that yep. would have worked. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Before her Tomb Raider esque show.
0: Yeah. Probably <laughs> Clint <Relicomper>. Relic Hunter. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I couldn't remember.
0: <laughs> Clint Eastwood
3: as Cable.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have worked. That yeah. would have worked in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that
3: time, yeah.
1: I didn't know Cable was so
3: racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, time travel will do that to you. Yeah. Um, Rutger Hauer as Magneto.
2: Yeah, that was oh, what I, I
3: remember yeah.
1: thinking
2: when the, the, yeah. my friends did the Dreamcast. You got to get Rutger Hauer in there somehow. I think I'd actually had him as Colossus and not uh, Magneto.
1: Something sure. about rain and yeah. <laughs> tears. Uh,
2: Clancy
3: Brown as Sabretooth. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That would be great. You could
1: still play him, right?
3: Well, a step above Tyler Main, I'll give him that. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. The Mornay as the White Queen. I don't even know that was. Uh, something oh, cool. Emma Frost. Emma okay. Frost, yeah. yeah. Right. You
1: can see sure. that. Wow, they're, they're going for the full X Men.
3: And I think the last one here was uh, Vader, the uh, the wrestler. Yeah. The juggernaut. But that's, that's Juggernaut, yeah. That's going back. Oh, and Glenn yeah. Danzig as, uh, as Wolverine.
1: Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it
3: is. <laughs>
2: there it
0: is mother. <laughs> pretty
2: close i mean yeah like at least <laughs> visually like as they can see the the vein that they were in and they kind of cast similar to that although not as as inaccessibly huge names as a lot of those were at the time mm-hmm. remember that was also the mid mid 90s um, so i mean a lot of those performers had far higher clout than they do these days
0: mm-hmm. But it seems a list built on looks rather than kind of skill or character. Yeah, I, I remember
2: a lot of those lists. I think were just based off yeah. like physically they look. Who the would look good? Yeah, the art at the
0: time. Yeah, who
1: could we Photoshop into yeah. these costumes <laughs> to look the best? Yeah, <laughs> on the yeah. yeah. But I
2: mean, like Patrick Stewart, that was legit. I mean, <laughs> I could, I could see yeah. Rutger Howard doing Wolverine at that in, like two thousand. He would or not Wolverine. Um, Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. I think he absolutely would have. It would have been a different Magneto than what we got from Sir Ian McKellen, but I think it would have been just as as quality.
1: Oh, to go off of what else I appreciate that we mm-hmm. got out of X-Men, we got that amazing bromance between uh, Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen. Yes. That's, yes, so that's, the, yes. that's the best thing that mm-hmm. has come out of all of those movies.
3: That is well, true. Uh, I've always had this theory. Anytime you're going to take on a uh, possibly... Um, unpredictable series, you know, something that's untested like X-Men or, you know, even star Wars, you gotta, you gotta hire two venerable British actors and it'll work every time.
2: That's all you need. Yes. I wouldn't argue that at all. Is there anything else that jumps out? I'm going to open this up to the rest of you that, j- that jumps out as, you know, things that were, that we really liked from this series, positive notes that we can kind of cling to before we go <laughs> into negative. <laughs> wow.
1: I thought days of hard. future past was fairly. All right. Um, they, they moved, I, I didn't like that Wolverine was the main focus and I thought that was weird but mm-hmm. that's just being a a fan of the original comics but I thought the the look of the future versus the past was really well done visually I think I think the movies have been fairly fairly good
2: i I may be mistaken I thought there was uh what was referred to as the road cut of days of futures past where they actually put a bunch of deleted scenes back in and recut it so that rogue was in fact the focus of the movie or am I hallucinating no, she's not
1: movie? really the, the focus of the movie. She is in it. She's <laughs>
2: in it, which is
1: <laughs> there's a subplot where they have to break her out of a prison, a mutant mm-hmm. prison in the future, and she helps with the, the with the whole, you know Time. keeping keeping him in the past thing because right. Kitty Pride is hurt or something like that. I can't I can't yeah. remember. It's much it's it's better than the regular days of Future Past, but you know, yeah, that's not saying much.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it had it had more hope.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: I mean, I, I did like, especially with the days of Future Past film, they they at least made a an attempt to try to link the two continuities because I know that had always been a rather contentious point where the, mm-hmm. they started to cross over. It's like, yeah, but what about this? And then they're like, you know what? This is what we're gonna do. And then you actually got the two timelines to cross, which was kind of cool to see mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. those two timelines meet and finally interact with her, especially with the... Throwaway yeah, it was, was kind of like... It's like the generations of uh, the X-Men movies. You know, they managed to merge it, too. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, especially because of the the throwaway sight gag they had with Hugh Jackman's cameo in First Class.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the that. the reason why they yeah. got him to do that is because he had two conditions, and the first one was that he... they donate a large sum of money to his charity. Mm-hmm. And the second one was he could be the only X-Men that swore at uh, them. <laughs> They're like, yes, 100% yeah. to both. And they were, he's like, okay, yeah. But, that, that, work yeah. Out.
2: <laughs> but I remember that was, that was the, the greatest cameo in that movie because it was a 30-second bit and it was so funny. But it, I remember afterwards it did raise a lot of questions of the, well, okay, but does that mean that these two continuities are linked because you have Wolverine mm-hmm. here um, and so then, them finally addressing that in days of future past where no, these are in fact the younger versions of these later X-Men, it gave you that timeline that existed, but then they had to kind of fix that because they're like, yeah, but the, the math doesn't add up now. So yeah, I, I mean, that they made an attempt to try to fix
3: that continuity. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you look at like how old they look in the last movie, which takes mm-hmm. place. I guess ten, ten years, years later, first movie, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like, man, they aged horribly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't understand how much shit that Michael Fassbender went through.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chess games. I, yeah.
1: I really, I thought, I thought X Men: First Class was also really good in a reboot because they brought in some characters that I never expected to see on screen, like Erwin and Azazel, and mm-hmm. like um, Havoc, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they wasted all these characters with the second movie and the third yeah. movie, and whatever they sort of got rid of all of them to bring in the, the originals. But yeah. I, th- it was such a good starting off and being like, Oh, look, look at all these possibilities with all these new people. Sure, they got yes. rid of Darwin horribly in that first movie, too. But
2: oh, God. yeah, that yeah. was a waste, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah. well, he- that that they had that problem with that character, even in the comics, too, where it was a what do we do with him?
1: He's so powerful,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but I also will give credit because they they did bring in one of my favorite villains uh Sebastian Shaw.
0: Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and done who was amazing yeah. as, you know played by Kevin yeah. Bacon.
2: Uh which I mean that that gave me hope for the reboot of that franchise cuz like they're bringing in not not unknown villains, but they were certainly not like the higher profile villains that people would recognize from the X Men franchise. Even especially with first class, they brought in a lot of characters people wouldn't recognize, and they brought in a villain that they wouldn't recognize. But that if you know the comics, you went, "Oh, this is going to get real entertaining."
1: Yeah, them bringing in the Hellfire Club was such a cool idea.
2: Yeah,
3: um, yeah,
1: it it was the moment when I was like, "Oh my god, maybe they can actually bring in the Shiar Empire," but yeah, no, 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 yeah. they didn't. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because no. well, the one was, thing the X-Men didn't do is go cosmic, which they really should
2: have. Well, but that was also 2011 was when Marvel was in the midst of its resurgence. They, they, Marvel Marvel Cinematic had become a thing, so they were trying to keep the properties that they had versus the ones that Fox owned. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't want to step too far. And I think that's why ultimately Fox decided to pull back and keep the properties they had so they could keep the properties they had. Mm-hmm. And if you bring them all back in, in the next movie, well, we still have the rights to those. You can't take them back, Marvel. Yeah,
3: yeah things got kind of dirty between the two of them because, you know, like, I think Fox felt a bit bitter because they started the whole thing, really, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Marvel, like, took off, like, so, so fast. And, I mean, behind the scenes, there was a lot of, like, fighting in terms of, like, how to keep the other brands down. Oh, yeah. Like I think Marvel, like, actually, like, canceled the entire toy line of X-Men just despite. Fox. Yeah. They,
1: they also canceled the, the Fantastic Four comic book.
3: Yeah, yeah. The Comics. comic book actually ceased to exist too. Yeah, so yeah. exactly. Like it was yeah. dirty, you know, but yeah, it's but you know, I mean I guess this maybe segues into the next part you were gonna talk about, Matt, about like how didn't work out. Because I think that's the problem. Uh I'll just say I think Fox they started it, but they didn't they didn't evolve it. They didn't grow it. And I think that's really the biggest flaw, but I'll, I'll let you, uh, I'll let
2: you start. Oh no, I, I was definitely going to go into the, uh, I was going to start going on to things that we didn't necessarily like about the film series and also just the general mm. problems that, uh, yeah. the, the franchise had and caused and created. So mm. it was a very, very tidy segue into that. Steven, I give you a gold star for that, bud. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Snicked. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, Oof, where to start? I don't want to talk about uh, the third and seventh movie, because that's a whole topic in and of itself that we'll get to.
1: I want to talk about the third one.
2: We will, we will. <laughs> but I, I, I have a whole subheading just for that, those two films, uh, and what I, what I see. Okay. So let's just look at okay, uh, problematic things. And a lot of it does come in with the, the later, with the first class run, we'll call it. Uh, of the films which was again it, we, as we already touched on it had so much potential and then it kind of just squand- well, squandered it is the right word to use they didn't; uh, they certainly didn't follow through with what they could have done with it and they certainly got I think a little mm-hmm. timid with where they could have gone with it and sort of went with the well, this formula worked the first time let's stick with it this time around too instead of doing what first class did yeah. which was yep. let's go out there and like explore new characters and new storylines and make yeah, something of this well, exactly. instead it just kind of well, the, those movies work, so let's just go back and do those again, but with different actors this time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I, I think I think my, my overall opinion, uh, if we're not
3: going to get into the three and seven just yet, <laughs> but it applies to those movies too. But I think that when the first movie came out, I think what made the 2000 X-Men um, stand out, at least for comic book fans, and made people who weren't comic book fans um, willing to enjoy the movies is it was one of the first times where they um, they didn't try to sanitize the concept and um, you know they just kind of you know gave you you know the story of the racism you know analogy and Mm -hmm. uh, people with powers and you know and yeah okay they put them in like leather costumes and stuff to make it a little less ridiculous you know less colorful but I think it was the first time I think the the soul of the comic came through which is one of the Mm -hmm. things that MCU does consistently right Mm-hmm. and then uh but then, like you said, they didn't really do anything with it. I found that they they just kind of kept making the same movie, and they were a little bit too afraid to go further than that first film and so for the rest of the run, um my opinion is they never really left the nineties, like even up till this last film, but especially mm-hmm. Apocalypse, it's just it's a lot of cool sequences, but mm-hmm. not much in the way of you know character development and respect for. You know what's going on between the characters, like it just kind of keeps replaying. So anyway, that's that kind of sums up my whole opinion of all the movies. I mean, but uh, but that's that's kind of where it kind of lost, I think, its potential.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, going off of what Steve said about the characters, I think my biggest issue with the second run was um, how they treated Mystique. So mm-hmm. the biggest like villain slash antihero. She wasn't really an antihero. She was more of a villain than me. She sorta was an antihero, especially yeah. when she dealt with you know Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Um is that just because Jennifer Lawrence became famous, they decided to give her a bigger role than she really needed to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, like it just I think they really muddied the water of the character in that based on her being, you know, yeah. cast as a exactly. character in that. So exactly. they
1: yeah. Totally. Like they could have made her a lot more like they could have given her some nuances. They could have gave her something to act with, because she's a fairly good actress. But no, they just made her, hey, generic superhero.
2: Well, and I mean arguably yeah. they they did do that with first class. They really started to develop yeah. a lot of those layers. And then which goes back to what I'd kind of said and what kind of sums this all up for me is that and then Brian Singer came back. Yeah. And and like even things you're saying where a lot of it became very formulaic, all those formulaic movies were Because it was the same guy directing all of them. Mm -hmm. Or instead of being taking chance, and every time, like them or hate them, where the the series would deviate and take chances and do things was with a different director. Yeah. You know that if you have Singer involved, you're going to get heroes by numbers.
1: Yeah, they haven't really, um, they didn't really keep any of the screenwriters. So there's no cohesiveness Mm -hmm. Mm amongst any of them. Like the first two films had the same writers so there was sort of an
0: arc right the the, yeah.
1: the third and fourth one david, that
0: david, yeah, david they
1: had david yeah, he was the lead writer then,
0: of it wasn't um Macquarie, christopher Well, he was of... later
1: he was in the the later stuff but yeah. i think he might oh, screen doctorate okay. some of it when singer was planning on doing the four movies as a as a whole um he had david hater sort of sketch it out
2: mm-hmm.
1: there was some cohesiveness but um much like fox's um their sort of m o amongst all their films is that they they wanted to put out things fast so they could get the money mm-hmm. um, and this was even before Marvel was trying to get their their franchises back right um, yeah they they decided to push X men the last standout before just mm-hmm. because Brian Singer wanted to do something in between mm-hmm. he he wanted to take his time to build that next film, yeah, so he was going to do Superman in between. Mm-hmm. they're yep. like, nope. <laughs> We're gonna still do X Men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know. That's just
0: Yeah, it's a lot Let's of, get the guy from Rush Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot a
3: lot of bad, like behind the scenes shenanigans. Actually, what you're saying about Mystique reminds me of like kind of what you were just saying, uh, Eric, about uh the relationships in the earlier series being a little bit skewed. It was all because Hugh Jackman was the breakout star and then they just mm-hmm. started focusing all the movies on him to the point where they gave him two, three movies for himself, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the relationships got messed up just because of how popular he became mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and likewise the Jennifer
2: Lawrence uh, impact completely mm-hmm. messed up all the new movies mm-hmm. oh, absolutely yeah so uh, this actually I think kind of tidily brings us into into the one point that I that really started this whole conversation between us <laughs> that would made us decide to do a podcast which is what I like to refer to as the Phoenix problem <laughs> because if you look at this and break it down accordingly. There really are two film franchises we're talking about here. There's the initial early 2000s run, the singer run, as I call it. And there is the uh, the first class run, which is the latest run. And both of those series ended out with the same storyline, <laughs> arguably with similar shots, depending on how well you want to analyze and,
1: it. And costumes.
2: And costumes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and, and it really comes down to the... Should these franchises ever dabble into the Dark Phoenix saga? And arguably, yes, it is one of the most well-known X Men storylines, um, which is why I think they always tend to go for those for their their series or trilogy third acts, which is you know you got to tell you got to tell the Phoenix story. But gosh, I would love to see someone do it right for a change.
1: Yeah. The- the the issue with doing Dark Phoenix is that you need to have good Phoenix before you can have yeah, bad yeah. Phoenix. You don't yeah. get the you don't get the the sadness and all the, the, the weight of her becoming evil if she's not good beforehand. Like yeah. Like it would just be like um, Anakin Skywalker just being like, you know, just bad for bad sake. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, or
2: or not really being particularly good good, but just being yeah. kind of angsty and then just kind of snapping and no one really cared why. Yeah, sorry, am I, am I getting too close to home on
3: that? No, well, no,
1: it's, never it's perfect. Like that, that's <laughs> exactly. it is. true. Uh,
3: yeah, but it's even worse with the X Men because we barely knew anything about the uh, you know uh,
2: mm-hmm. Jean in the new run. I mean, she'd only
1: been yeah. in what movies, really? At least yeah. in the previous one, we knew her from the first two films. Yeah, she, is,
2: been, yeah. You had two films worth of character development. You know, I'll use quotation fingers for that because they didn't really give you a lot, but they gave you something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is a, well, hey, we got Sophie Turner to play Jean Grey, so let's do a Phoenix movie because she's popular. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I, I have a question for you guys. What did Jean do in Apocalypse?
2: She showed up.
3: She showed up she, and then... The ending,
1: that was it, right? Yeah. yeah, she, she, yeah. she came yeah. in and
3: kind of helped take down, take down oh, the Horseman. Was? Yeah. Yeah and then wow. she somehow manifested an unexplained phoenix looking special effect hinting at fans that they might try to this phoenix thing again and that was it really yeah and really. then
1: the, the next film we find out that the phoenix came from a solar flare
3: yeah well space it
1: yeah i don't know
0: like, it, they kind of they kind of they, they intimated the Phoenix power at the end of Apocalypse, yeah. you know, which didn't really make sense as far as like yeah. you know, the comic book goes, mm-hmm. and that. And then they just launched into the whole Dark Phoenix storyline, yeah. and that where she meets the Cosmic Entity, gets these amazing powers, and then just boom, and then and instantly boom. evil.
3: Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, my, my first opinion after coming out of Dark Phoenix was simply that the major difference between the MCU and X Men, this is related to the stuff we've already been talking about, but mm-hmm. specifically with X Men, X Men movies are, are very popcorn in that they don't care too much about even their own continuity and mm-hmm. they just kind of feed you like, okay, this guy's bad, this guy's good this time. Don't worry about what happened last time. You know, if you vaguely remember a guy with claws, that's the same guy, you know. And and yeah. you just kind of watch through with like the, the vaguest recollection. And if you don't really care, it, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. whereas the MCU, it's like, okay, you remember that exact line, you know, that he said in that movie five, five years ago, well, yeah. here it is again, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and we respect you for, you know, yeah. being that, that hardcore fan, you know, and not saying one is better than the other, it's just, it's a different approach, mm-hmm. but that's a thing. Like the accent movies, yeah, they, they mm-hmm. really didn't, they didn't really land on uh, the lore very much and they, they kind of messed with their own continuity and they just never really paid attention. So it's just, it's more sloppy.
2: It's the, and there's really, as my opinion, there's nothing wrong with doing a, a superhero popcorn film, and that's yeah. totally fine. I think, but the problem is that Fox doesn't really know what it wants, what it wanted to do mm-hmm. with either of those fran- uh, those franchises, where like they wanted to do the popcorn action film, mm-hmm. but they wanted to have a, co- a consistent storyline, but they didn't really want to invest the time in yeah. creating that storyline but mm-hmm. then got confused when fans got mad that they were kind of <laughs> crapping the bed on the storyline. Like we're giving you the X-Men like, yeah, but you're giving you're force feeding stories without worrying about, you know, yeah. 15 years of comic continuity. You're just kind of throwing it together. But yeah, but we want to make like an, a superhero action film. You can't have it both ways. You want yeah. to have to spend the time and build the character relationship. So that when something like that happens. People care or you want to just do a throwaway action film, that's fine. Either of those choices are fine, but you can't mm-hmm. have both, because then you get what happened twice with this franchise, which yeah. is you get to the Dark Phoenix saga, which is again, like a very, very in-depth, heady, emotional storyline, and you kind of just turn it into a popcorn fart. Yeah.
1: Some cool it fight wasn't scene. even a popcorn fart. It wasn't even worth that.
3: <laughs> no, it had some good fight scenes. I mean, it's too bad yeah didn't care about the villains i mean they were token standing who, who were they were they? Robots, <laughs> they, they, they were yeah. zombie robots that's all i know yeah, yeah, I, I have no exactly. idea. I'm, I'm joking oh. of course but that's that's their equivalent like Wait, value were they stuff. robots i thought they were no, aliens, they, they, were aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they were aliens but it doesn't matter because we don't care we don't know who, we don't know who yeah. they are they just, i don't
1: even people. i don't remember what? hearing jessica chastain's name in that film they didn't you say know. it
2: ever in the film oh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah they just looked it it, the, the first time you found out her character's name was in the credits.
1: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Who was she supposed She's to be? She's Vaughn. She was part of the Dabari. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Yeah. You remember the yeah.
1: Dabari? That uh, that very famous X-Men <laughs> villain race of aliens? Wow. No.
2: Like, I, uh, I know we didn't want to talk- do the. If you want to do the Shiar, don't just try to give them different vowels and consonants and then turn it into a race. Just buy the Shiar back for one film.
1: It was like the Chitar. Uh-huh. They have the Shiar. That's the thing. Yeah, because so they, but-
3: they, they had the Fantastic Four, so they yeah. did have access to them. So
1: why don't they just use them? <laughs> um, it, it's because they wanted, like,. The scrolls the Chitari and they didn't get it,
2: and they couldn't get it because they waited too long.
1: Yeah. Oh god.
2: That's a whole other.
3: That's a whole <laughs> other discussion, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know we didn't really want to talk about the spinoffs, but I just wanted to just just mention uh, the first Wolverine movie for a moment. Um, yes. origins? origins. Yeah, origins, because I think I think that 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 was probably the worst of all the movies. In that, okay, mm-hmm. even if we're going to not count it as an X Men movie, I think it it sort of shows what we're all talking about, where mm-hmm. Fox. Like that is the most made by committee movie ever, right? It's just like, okay, we need, we need explosions. We need a slow motion helicopter crash. We need a guy walking away from an explosion. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they knit that movie together from a box of tropes and then they messed with it. Then they were like, Oh, it's too tropey. Okay. Let's, let's screw it up (laughs) a little more. right? Yeah. Yeah. It was made by committee and then, and then messed up by committee. And I don't think any (laughs) of the other movies were as bad as that, but that is sort of the pattern. Of mm-hmm. All the X Men movies, you know, in a larger, in a
2: larger,
0: room. oh, by, by committee, yeah. And I'm sure one in that committee said, Is there a place for Will? I am.
2: <laughs> well, but, but here's the argument I will give I will always give, and I give this about all the X Men movies the stories are garbage, the plots are virtually non existent, but they are really good at casting quality actors mm. that look the roles that they're playing, and they've sure. always consistently done that. Yeah. Which almost makes it more painful to watch the movies when you see these actors that are, that they portray the characters they have perfectly in a garbage film.
1: I thought um, Liv Schreiber was really good at Sabretooth. Liv Schreiber Um, was phenomenal
2: as Sabretooth. And that was when I heard that they were, they had recast that. I was like, yay, because they've made Sabretooth a character Mm -hmm. as opposed to some dude in a trench coat with giant eyebrows.
1: The, um, Kevin Durant. (laughs) Kevin Durant as the blob was amazing. phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Yes, that
2: was good um yeah no that, that movie right. also did give us uh the first ryan reynolds as wade wilson yes and he did a great job as wade wilson wade wilson yeah, yeah.
1: well he wasn't even deadpool at the end right they had a different actor for that
2: yes really yeah it was a stunt double because yeah. you, you didn't have a. that's why they took the mouth away is because they wanted to have a stunt double <laughs> to make him look different
1: <laughs> the um the the thing but, uh, about this movie, like, you, if you ever watch it again, I want you to watch the scene where Wolverine's in the bathroom, um, where he's you know looking at his yep. claws because yep. you know okay. how they make the films and they have this little contraption where you can hold the claw in his hand and yep. it looks mm-hmm. super real because you can't see the handle. Yeah, that scene his claws are CG.
3: Yep. For uh-huh. some
1: odd reason, some yep. god awful reason, so they look fake. There's no shadows on his hands or mm-hmm. anywhere in the room. Yeah. So you're just <laughs> looking at this floating <laughs> knives on his hands. And you're like, what is going on? It doesn't yeah. even make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, it That's is awkward. Gorgeous.
2: Yeah, yeah. But that is like again, it's the one positive I like to draw is that they were that Fox was very good about making sure that they cast actors that could play the roles right and looked oh, right yeah. in the roles. So so basically, we're only crediting them with with a good casting director. That's
3: that's yeah. kind of it. Like no, absolutely, no, the writers, nope.
1: <laughs> well, and well, um, the and, writers at least have brought in some some good characters, right? Yeah. Like I didn't expect mm-hmm. to see Agent Zero in a movie. No, um, sure, and, and I mean done fairly well.
2: I'm going I will I will mention this only because it was. Both phenomenal and horrible at the same time is that X Men The Last Stand casting Vinnie Jones as the Juggernaut. Just yeah. on paper, <laughs> Vinnie Jones as Juggernaut was a brilliant choice. Yes. What they did with that character was comically wow. insulting
1: <laughs> wow, I you know.
2: pay. but I will again I do give them credit for at least incorporating that viral video line into the movie because by that <laughs> point I don't think anyone was taking that movie seriously <laughs> so, they also
1: cast um, what's her name is Kitty Pryde um, yes, Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Ellen Page. I thought she was really good yeah, as well. she, was very good. yeah no, she was good no, she that. was
2: very good in that uh, and again, it was one... Of, and also Kelsey Grammer is Beast. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, remember? the casting. You're right, yeah. Yeah, like I said, they were always very... They've always been spot on with casting great actors in those roles. It's just once they had them in the room and said, here's your script, you could see I tell they all just went, well, it's a paycheck. Okay, let's go. And they yeah. had... And you could tell they at least had fun with it. Like, you can't tell mm-hmm. me that Kelsey Grammer didn't have a million takes of him saying, oh, my stars and garters, and then not laughing. <laughs> That's true. And the fact, you could see the smile in Vinnie Jones' eyes when he said, I'm the juggernaut bitch. Like, that was the thing yeah. that... That was one of the few fan service moments where I'm like, thank you for at least giving me something to laugh about in this film that isn't laughing... Isn't, is laughing with and not laughing at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was... They were great with finding talent to create these characters. What they did with them was always the problem. Yeah.
3: And I mean, and, sure. and I mean, the fight scenes and those, just those moments that they were able to recreate, uh, those were also generally not bad. I mean, that, that's what I'll say about Dark Phoenix is at the very mm-hmm. least, I mean, if you separate all the character and all the drama and every line delivery uh, and everything that should have happened and all that, and you just look at the fight scenes alone, eh, it's okay. There's, yeah.
2: Some some decent action sequences, they, but that's pretty much it. They always put together really, really well orchestrated action sequences. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's Good again, wire work. It was, getting them from point A to point B was problematic, but once you got to point B, it was worth watching. Yeah,
3: like if you just made like a like like a clips reel of like all the fight scenes from all
2: the uh, X Men movies, it'd yeah. be amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were cinematic splash pages. Those movies were.
1: Yeah. Um, I I know we're not talking about the Wolverine movies, (laughs) but...
2: (laughs) We can can delve into them. I just didn't want to focus on those as well. Because there are so many other issues with the core series itself. Yeah. But once you got to the spin-off films, like the most of the Wolverine spin-offs, it was just like it was trying to polish a turd at that point.
1: I, you know what? I like two out of three of them, so they have a better track record than the actual yeah.
2: films. Yeah, but I like I, the Wolverine as well.
3: The
1: Wolverine being set in Japan was really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was yeah. great, and seeing him as a and, samurai was just
2: yeah. Fantastic.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and also like in a way, you know, the they were. They kind of redeemed the the Jean Grey character a bit too, and that with with his nightmares and stuff. Like, I, I just really like that she actually came back, you know, just for those very brief moments in the Wolverine. It really that that's what was missing in a lot of these other X movies is is they're telling us there's this connection between those characters, but it was not really done properly. And just even in that that hint of her haunting him, exactly. um, it added to his character, right, and mm-hmm. uh, and even hers, you know, retroactively in a way. Is, yeah. oh, exactly.
1: That was the best acting that Famica Jansen could get in those X Men movies.
2: true. I think because it's finally she wasn't marred by Singer's direction. She's like, they're like, just do this. She's like, okay, cool. Like, I get to act. Neat.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got the script for it. So
2: yeah, exactly. Um, so now that we've kind of expunged some of the venom out of our systems for these movies, let's look. Let's look towards the future. Let's look at now that Marvel has reacquired these properties properly, fully, no caveats to it. And they have said that they eventually, down the lines, will incorporate the the children of the Atom back into the Marvel universe. Yeah. What, who would we like to see coming into it? What would we like to see them bring in? Uh, and we'll do this a little round robinish style because I know we all probably have opinions on this. So, Eric, I'm going to start with you because you were the first to pop your hand up.
1: Yeah, so um, for me, I hope when they do incorporate the X-Men back into the MCU, I want them to be established already. Like, not just to be, um, oh, this is a new origin film. I want oh, them yeah, to yeah. have been working under, not undercover, but sort of like behind, behind the, the scenes. Yeah, like Spider-Man. Like in the first couple of X-Men movies, they weren't really recognized by the government. They just sort of did things behind the scenes and no one mm-hmm. really knew about them. Mm-hmm. I sort of want that. Like, people could think it's, oh, look, here, there's superheroes coming around. Maybe... Maybe they realize that that's the mutant gene over the course of films, but mm-hmm. you know. But I want the X Men to be there already. Like I want them to be established, and I want them to have a good Cyclops. Yes, <laughs> I want him to be a leader, an actual leader.
2: Now, who would you who would you propose as that as that character?
1: It's hard because I'd want him to be at least mid thirties um, at that which, point, and which if they, makes sense if they start this in say five years. Mm-hmm. He's going to be mid-30s around then.
3: Well, Keanu Reeves still. He, he's mid-30s. He's
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> forever. He's perpetually sure mid-30s. I'm, I'm trying to think of some someone like um, the guy who played Rob Stark on on uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. I think would make a great... Oh, Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Yeah. I think he would make a good um, Cyclops. I can,
2: I can see that for sure, Yeah. Yeah. He definitely he definitely totally. had the gravitas during yeah. during his run on Game of Thrones. You could see that he, he he was a good leader and he wanted to be a leader, but he was still struggling with the fact that he's like, Yeah, but I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. But not, not in a weak way, but in like a trying to struggle to keep things going way, which has usually been Cyclops' problem in the comics, is that he's a leader because he has to be, not because he necessarily wants to be. Yeah.
1: Knowing that, maybe they'll probably just cast Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, <Harrison. laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> no, but I hope Richard Madden. I think that would be very cool. All right, yeah, he'd be a much better yeah. choice. Um,
2: uh, Steve, what what are your thoughts on the the future of uh, of the X Men? What would you like to see? Who would you like to see?
3: Um, you know, I I, I don't want to make too many predictions because um, you know, so far the MCU guys seem to know what they're doing. Uh, I agree with Eric, though. I think the best way to do it, like what I was hoping. From like uh, Endgame, yeah, and this isn't a spoiler, but like I was hoping that they were going to do all this crazy multi-dimensional stuff, and they would somehow slip in some like X Men references. But mm-hmm. anyway, that doesn't happen. Um, but apparently, been-
1: if anyone, uh, if the rumors about uh, Far From Home, is sure. that the uh, multiverse is there.
3: I'm
2: going to uh, choose we'll- to remain silent because I've seen the movie. What? All right, cool. Well, I'm going to try to catch what? it soon. So
3: we'll when did
1: see you if- see it? Did it come out?
2: No, it's not out yet. But I, I got a guy.
1: Ah, cool. What
0: you got a guy and you didn't share the guy with?
2: I uh, you can't share the guy. I can't share the guy with you. <laughs> guy with you. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk afterwards if you want, but uh, <laughs> I have I have seen the movie.
1: Cool.
2: Um, okay. I can't remember what I
3: was. I, I don't want
1: to talk to you about it now.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, who cares what I have to say? I want to talk to you about it now too. Um, so no, I, I agree with Eric. I think uh, it's sort of like what they did with the, with the new Spider Man in the MCU, where it's just sort of like, okay, we don't need the origin story again. And it'd be good for them to just be part of the universe. So even if they like hint at it as a sort of like, you know, occasionally they'll like, you know, uh, mention like, you know, uh, sentinels or, or programs in the background, just, just to hint at maybe some underground civilization, warlocks, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just have them in the universe so that they're ready to go. I think that would be nice. Um, in terms of characters, I, I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's, I would just like to see them do their take on all these characters because frankly, other than Wolverine, I, I don't think they've done any of the characters properly. I think that's sort of come out from our <laughs> discussion today. Nightcrawler like, none of the characters mm-hmm. are, are solid. Yes, so, Nightcrawler. yeah, night yeah, okay yeah Nightcrawler that's true. Although I don't know what did you think of Nightcrawler
2: in Dark Phoenix though, right? Like he didn't do anything. They well they brought Nightcrawler in back in Days of Future was it Days of Future or Apocalypse he was around Apocalypse yeah, yeah.
1: Apocalypse he yeah.
2: was not bad.
3: Yeah, he didn't do I mean, anything,
2: but he
1: I, I like the Alan Cummings good.
2: one
3: more. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, pretty much, I'm open to whatever you know, and uh, and you know, and you know what, if they can keep the Deadpool continuity, as part of it too, that'd be good, you know. But
2: mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't have anything else yeah. for now. All right, Mr. Hawk, do you have uh, any any thoughts on this one?
0: um agree with eric skip the origin stories and that make them kind of established in that having said that though i don't know if they're going to be established in the current dimension of the mcu that we know i think far from home is pretty much going to set up the future of the you know the x-men being introduced into the cinematic universe and that i believe they're going to be from another dimension from another earth okay yeah uh, and uh, somehow be incorporated in that uh given that i'm trying to think i would like to kind of you know f- at least for the initial run just keep them kind of small and focused on on a core group of members mm-hmm. and not try and like throw in like you know every you know everyone in the kitchen sink No, absolutely. so the original first you know, class you know, yeah yeah basically yeah. I, I i i'd like to see I'd like to see a, a, new, a you know Nightcrawler back in it, um, although probably not the same kid who's been playing him for the last couple of films. No, no, no. Um, I thought he was a great yeah.
1: actor. He just got screwed. Yeah, yeah
0: it's yeah. just. Was like, there for the sake, the sake
2: of being there, not because they had a, a purpose for the character.
0: Yeah, more like you know he had a good agent and that. You yeah. know, it's like he had a little buzz and a good agent who got him into this yeah. and that. But it might have just been the wrong.
3: Yeah, no, the character. kid is fun, but it's like that's the problem with all the characters—they're not given much to do, and they yeah. just kind of yeah. flounder, yeah. You know, mm. I, I like the kid; I just didn't like his <clears throat> portrayal. That's all.
2: Yeah. The, um, when it comes for for me with and again because I I've sort of given away that I have a little more info than the rest of the the panel, so I'm going to keep. I'm going to word this very carefully. What, what I think, I think the best way to start incorporating them into into the MCU in a very, very subtle, easy way is now that um, now that Tony Stark is gone.
1: <gasps>
2: Spoiler alert <sighs> for those that haven't seen Endgame, and shame on you if you haven't. It's been re released already. Um, yeah, we got to beat Avatar. Come on, guys. Yeah. The the one thing I think that that could work very efficiently, and it's a very very subtle call out, but it's one that people that Know the comics like we all do, and our listeners probably do. Would get is that all you need to do is take a, a Stark Industries factory, can be anywhere, and just rename it Trask Industries. So you then have you know Trask Industries that are going to take over a lot of the like the the Stark armor suits, like the the like kind of similar to the Ultron program, where he wanted to have a suit of armor on every continent. Where they right. just start having these sentinels that are being produced for various you know, cities, you know, states, countries, right. what have you, that are there just to help with all of these, you know, I like guess it's, it's very similar Unknown to potential but threats. They're doing potential threats. And yeah. then you mm-hmm. have all the old suits of armor that have now, now become proto-Sentinels. You don't have to talk about what they're actually looking for. You don't have to go into any of that other than knowing that Trask Industries exists and that they are developing automated suits of of similar to Iron Man armor
1: could you imagine sure. if stark industries started a Sentinel program I can't, I, I think away. I
2: think it would be a very cool tie-in and so it has a lot of potential and then you don't have to bring them in at all right away you don't have to hint at the mutant at the X gene mm-hmm. yeah. just have yeah. it have it start there and then yeah. you can they can build on that for however long they want just little, yeah.
3: oh,
1: could you imagine there. if Trask was like the the director of um, research and development at Stark Industries, and then he sure. branches off. Like that mm-hmm. could be such a cool way to start that.
2: It's a, it's yeah. a, and it's a very easy way to do it because you don't have to go into all the mythos. You just, it's like the, uh, it's very similar to like the little shout outs they had in Endgame 2, Namor, mm-hmm. where it's just if it, people that know get the reference immediately, but if you don't, it's like okay, well they're probably going to deal with this later, and if you get it, yeah. you know, oh wow, that's where they're going. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way like they do these. It's, the, it's, the, it's yeah. the subtle way that they've always kind of done with the Marvel films when they start to lead towards something. Is they give you a subtle little clue, mm-hmm. like a real a real deep Easter egg that if you get it, you get it right away. And if you don't, yeah. you know it's significant, but you don't necessarily know why. Exactly. Yeah, like Howard the Duck. I mean, that was... Yeah. There's a pull. pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Now, Matt, um, seeing as the X-Men will be joining the MCU, is there a team of five that you want to see? Is a there team a five of five? Characters? The so Five is oh, five is the general X-Men team, right? It's the
2: general team. For me, personally, and this is, again, um, minus Wolverine because I don't know if they can safely recast that role right now because, like I said, Hugh Jackman is so tied to that role. I don't know if they could safely try to recast right away. Mm-hmm. But per, I, myself, personally, I would love to, and this is with my fingers crossed, excuse me, um that the new mutants actually gets released at some point in time in the next year, <laughs> yeah. which they're still standing by their 2020 release date. So yeah. fingers crossed. It does happen. I would personally like to see more of an X force mm. team get brought into, into the fray as opposed to the X men, like sort of yeah. the, the government sanctioned mutant team.
1: Yeah. So the yeah. undercover thing that like guy was saying earlier well, similar to that, but I mean, like,
2: yeah, or not Sorry, not X force um, X factor. I take that. Oh, okay. Yeah. The actual okay. government-sponsored mutant team. Yeah, because again, it's one of those they can kind of subtly hint at that and bring that in until finally they have them do a big splash in a film, and that's sort of the government's like, yes, there there are mutants; they do exist, and this is our these are our this is our team that's here to help fight this threat.
1: Who right. are the first five mutants you want to see?
2: The first five I would like to see. I'd like to see. Uh, realistically, uh, I'd love to see Hank McCoy, whether in his blue furry or his regular skin suit, which again is
1: a, great,
2: is a great way to bring them into the fold slowly, as you bring Hank McCoy mm-hmm. as sort of the spokesman for mutant rights.
1: Yeah, or uh, even like having him as a professor somewhere, and then having yeah, Gene Jean as the uh, spokesman, like they did yeah. in X Men. I guess, right? Like
2: mm-hmm. realistically, I'll, and I won't go into a lot of detail. but I would love to see uh, Beast, Havoc. Uh, angel slash Archangel, depending on how you want to go with that, I'd be more inclined to go Archangel and skip the whole apocalypse nonsense. Just he's a mutant; he's got metal wings. Cool. Don't need to go, don't need to do the storyline again. Fair,
1: fair,
2: again. Uh, those those three. Bah, 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 bah. Um, Dazzler, as opposed to Jubilee, I like Dazzler better. It's easier to go through. Yeah, That's, those are really the four that I that I can see that I can see easily getting integrated into. MCU continuity without having to go into a lot of deep backstory. Mm, Yeah. And I mean, realistically, if you're going to do that, Xavier. Like you have Xavier as kind of the figurehead and that's his team with four. Yeah. Because that gives you the five and then that lets you branch if you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
2: (laughs) That's my, uh, that's my, my thoughts on that one. I couldn't even tell you who they would be able to cast at that. I mean, realistically, you have to bring Patrick Stewart back if you're going to do it. There, again, you can't really. I can't think of anyone else. Even McAvoy, I can't imagine bringing in to play play Xavier. No. If you're going to make them like an established team, you need an older Xavier. And I can't think of an actor that.
1: Yeah, I doubt they're going to bring him really, in. Like that's too much of a. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's too no. much baggage that's with a, that. No. He's oh, yeah. exactly. a good bald
0: actor. <laughs> right
1: or a good actor
2: that could become bald.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, becoming bald is, you know, no great feat. Yeah. So, you know, they can pretty much bring it. But, a, but like, someone that um, would look
2: good with, with uh, without hair. Because <sighs> even McAvoy was kind of pushing it with the shaved head. It worked, but it was sure. like, okay, it's not, it didn't look right. It just, it looked that.
1: <sighs> Who could be, who's old enough that, and British. Is there a Game yeah. of Thrones actor that we can think of? <laughs>
2: gotta, gotta get some venerable British yeah. We'll get Charles Dance to come in and play Xavier. I would so, love
0: that. I think that would
2: I'd love him more as Magneto, but that's just
0: yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Magneto would be a better fit for him
2: Charles true. Dance I love as a performer, but he he doesn't do uh, benign well. Yeah, right. like he had like he always seems like he's thinking of something sinister in the back of his mind, even when he's being <laughs> sweet and nice. You could always see like you have an evil thought that you're not telling us right now, yeah, or at least sure. a wicked thought.
1: Get Dan, get yeah. Daniel Craig to shave his head. He's done with uh, James oh. Bond. Okay. <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, what about so Colin well. Firth?
2: He's a good I, actor. I could see him more as Hank McCoy, to be honest.
0: Mm. Yeah, he doesn't have. He, uh, yeah, he seems more of a a, a flustery kind of guy, mm-hmm. and you know, I couldn't see him in the role that. Kind I was just sort of going through the you know,
1: Kingsman. I was like, who would be
0: good? Because <laughs> right. the guy who played Eggy well, wants to play Wolverine. Well, and I think he be if you're right. going, if you're going Kingsman route, why not Mark Strong? Oh, Mark Strong. Oh yeah, he's already. Yeah, he's mm, so
1: yeah. he's so good in um in Shazam too. It's a weird like it's that age they're like 60s ish maybe yeah. you could even go 50s. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't really want to go younger than that. Well, hmm. that's also I mean that yeah.
2: that's part of the trick too with Xavier is that once you shave someone's head completely bald, it's it is a lot harder to clock their age after a certain point. Yeah. Because you can't really see if they have, if he doesn't have a beard, you can't see if their hair is gray or light color. You can't really gauge the age at a certain point.
1: Hugh Jackman.
2: <sighs> wow. Uh, no.
1: <laughs>
2: that is a Texas size hard no on that one.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean,
2: it would be a, a whimsical callback, but I don't think anyone would buy it for a second.
1: No, no,
2: no. All right. So, does anyone else have any, any final thoughts on this? We'll kind of wrap this wrap this baby up right now. Anyone have any final thoughts on the series moving forward, looking back?
1: I, I hope Wolverine's not in the first one. I hope sure, he's not great at the beginning. Sure. Agreed. I, agreed. I want him to come in later. Mm-hmm. I want him to be a foil in the team that's already there. Maybe have yeah. him as a sort of a villain at first. Sure. Sure. I think that'd be awesome.
2: You know, personally, I think if they're going to bring Wolverine in, I would love to see them bring him in as an opponent for the Hulk. I would love to see that fight happen on screen Yeah, and and not even explain out, like just literally like have them on some mission that has to go up into Canada and Hulk just gets attacked by this little ball of fury Mm -hmm. and not even get into the explanation. Because again, everyone that knows it will know who it is without having to know, you know, without having to have a lot of discussion. That for me would be the best way to bring him in. Didn't they hint that
3: with the the Ed Norton movie at the end, he was headed towards the Canadian border. Like I think that was already the hint there. So Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad that uh, Fox's mismanagement of uh, the X-Men franchise is over and uh, we'll see what Marvel does. And I'm just happy about that. So Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have any predictions. I'm just, I'm just happy to see it go forward with, uh, with Mm. new, uh, new pilots
1: i wonder if like sorry as i keep going off and on different mm. things i think about uh, kevin fahey recently said that the disney plus um series is are gonna affect the movies now unlike mm-hmm. you okay. know how before it was just the movies that sort of affected the tv but yeah. nothing the other way yeah. around now they're yeah. all interchangeable like things are going to happen on the tv shows that are going to affect the the movie and vice versa Oh, absolutely. Sure. So, um, sure. Which you know, sort of throws a wrench into that whole idea of everything being a prequel.
2: Right. Um, oh, I, I, um, oh, but yes and no, because yeah, they still it can't can have gameplay stuff, but it's just you, that way they don't have to have three or four films yeah. dealing with it. You can do it on the series, and you've covered that middle ground, so you don't have to suddenly have mm. 20 minutes of exposition in the next film to explain what's been going on.
1: But it'd be neat if we saw the, the X-Men happening, starting on TV.
2: That um, yeah. would be very cool. And That's then
1: it going... Way onto like that could be one of the big things that affects
0: mm-hmm. the mcu
2: and also a very, and a, a very good way to to guarantee people are going to watch
1: yeah
0: yes. yeah and across three what three series guaranteed right four. now three guaranteed um, four across. The, like
1: the yeah. um, the oh the hawkeye one is not guaranteed yet oh is it not okay oh, okay
0: so at least four, at least three series and yeah. they have a lot of room to explore different you know, characters coming into the fold mm-hmm. from the yeah. X-Men universe. A couple things looking back, uh, I don't know if we've ever explored it to, if anybody's ever really kind of given me a satisfactory explanation as to why, why was Charles Xavier reintroduced into the series with no explanation of how he got back? Wait, what? Where? What? You're, at the end of Wolverine, he was reintroduced to the series. You know, Professor oh, X. Yes. You know, after, after, they never really explored to my satisfaction how he how he was back. Is he a different timeline?
2: Um, what they had kind of, I mean, at the end of uh, Last Stand, they had hinted that he had switched his consciousness into uh, McMoira's son. Yeah um and and they never pursued that because the series got canned and then with days of future past they they glossed it because they didn't want to try that that was considered a different another different continuity than the original it was like you had like the 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 core x-men movies which was its own continuity you had the days of future past x-men which was a similar continuity but not the exact same characters and then you had the the first class continuity, which was its own thing, so it was like all these different multiverse timelines because they never got around to explaining how Charles did come back because he was mm-hmm. you know vaporized and then suddenly he was back, kind of, but not really, but in a different body, whole bit of nonsense that they never sorted out.
0: Um, before we wrap up, what was your was it what what are your favorite X Men movies? X two, X two is my um, favorite one. Is that a, are we all agreed on that? That's um, probably the best one of the franchise. Well, for me, it's it's a toss
2: up between X two and, and First Class.
1: I like First Class as yeah. well. I think I, that's my second I, favorite. Yeah.
2: I like of the original run. X two was my favorite of the original run, uh, right. especially because it's based off my favorite comic run with the the Godless yeah. Man Kills. I loved what they did with that. First Class. I love that they they successfully rebooted the franchise. Yeah. Uh, which is what I was really worried about going to see. I said, I don't know if they can pull this off. And they did it so phenomenally. I was like, yes, thank you. I have faith in you again. And yeah. then they screwed it up for the second film after that. Yeah. But,
1: I, I don't think there's a better action sequence than Nightcrawler attacking the White House. Yes. Oh,
0: still fantastic to watch even today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: The special effects holds yeah. up. And there are things that I know even special effects artists are like, damn, they did that in 2002?
0: Yeah.
2: Who knew? and i mean it it was it was exactly what a nightcrawler fight sequence was supposed to look like
0: yeah yeah yes (laughs) and it was and it's that one rare film in any series and that that was like better than the original um got a lot darker (laughs) um it was amazing seeing wolverine actually use his claws on yeah Yeah, the
1: first berserker right yeah oh that oh i forgot about the assault on uh, the mansion oh that was such a good sequence i'm gonna go watch this movie now Sorry, Canada Day celebrations.
2: <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of good from the series. There's a lot of not so good, but ultimately it did. Uh, it did shape things out in a way that, you know, gave us a, a good franchise to talk about. Because, I mean, heck, we're still doing it today. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, exactly.
2: And, you know, and brought things. So you know, it, it helped ultimately shaped what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become. And, you know. Left us with a lot to think about, a lot to talk about, and you know some good times along the way. So, at that, I think we're going to wrap it up. So, on uh, behalf of myself, I'd like to thank Mr. Eric, Mr. Hawk, and Mr. Steve, and uh, we will bid you all a fond farewell until next time. So, bye bye, bye, snick Nick, <laughs>
0: <laughs> bye bye bye
2: bye, Bamf, bye
1: bye Well, that's Mom. it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at GeeksWithKids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GeeksWithKids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn, Check out our pics on Instagram at GeeksWithKids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.GeeksWithKids.ca. So if you liked what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app.